You are listening to the Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm Meryl Arnett, mama, meditator, and co-owner of Sacred Chill West. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a 20-minute guided meditation. Be sure to listen to the end of today's episode to find out how you can join the next virtual meditation class for free. All right. Well, happy Monday. Welcome you all. Thank you for being here for our last session in the Passions and Paychecks series, which I have loved getting to um, feel like a little bit of a student in this one. So thank you for that, Tiffany. And, you know, I want to start out the class just by telling I, I wish I almost had a video to show you of this because after last week's class, Tiffany and I stayed on the Zoom call just to connect for a minute, talk about the class, whatever. And of course that devolved into like a 30, 40 minute (laughs) discussion after class. And I was telling her that that very day I had been in the car, I was listening to NPR as I typically do. And there was a story on NPR about, it was about people who were surprised that they were unhappy to be working from home, right? Because I think for many of us that sounded or seemed like an ideal, and then we were forced into it very unexpectedly. We have been doing it, many of us, for over a year at this point. And the story was just recounting, in essence, all of the little rewards that we lose when we walk from home. And it was things like a conversation while pouring a cup of coffee in the break room or hearing, you know, the chatter of your colleagues nearby, which probably annoyed you previously and now you miss. And the one that really jumped out at me was missing the ding of the elevator when you were leaving your office for the day. Right? You know the sound, the elevator arrives, the doors open, you step in and you're like, my day is done. I'm headed home. I'm going to do the thing I do when I get home. That means I'm home and my work day is done. And for many of us, we've lost that. And right along that story, there's a thousand other stories about how we're working more hours or we never stop working and boundaries between work and you know home life have completely evaporated. And as Tiffany and I were talking about this, the thread that came out of it was, how do you know what's enough? When you're left to your own devices, whether you're in an office or not, quite honestly, how do you know when you've done enough to call it a day? Because it used to be, I think, that there was sort of a definitive, like, I'm closing the computer, I'm walking out of the building, and I will not be resuming until. And then maybe like smartphones came into the picture, and so we were still checking email, and that became a boundary. And now it's just like, you know, the phone rings. It's not like you're not in your office, you're at home, and your phone's in your home. And so Tiffany and I thought we would sort of start today's discussion with this idea of enoughness in the practice. How do we work with that sense of enough or not enough in our day? So Tiffany, I'll I'll hand it over to you. Yeah, As you're like recounting that, 
our, our conversation at the end of last week's practice. Like I all I can do is like smile. I've thought about it a few times since last Monday night and I just laughed and kind of smiled to myself because it was like a light bulb went off as Mira was telling me that. And it was like the elevator thing. And it was like, we don't know what enough is. <laughs> like we don't, do we have an internal indicator of enough that we can rely on if, especially if these external indicators are no longer in our environment? Right. And so <laughs> as soon as Mar- Meryl said that, I was like, oh, yes. And she was like, yes. Yeah. She was like, this is, we're like, this is it. This is it. And you know what came to mind for me, Meryl? I brought this up on Monday night when we were talking, was in our yoga teacher training, the one that you and Octavia led, um, we all, all of the trainees were gifted with a blessing and affirmation at the end of the training. And mine just so happened to be (laughs) rest, period. And know that you have done enough. Rest and know that you have done enough. And literally, like, the way Octavia and Meryl said this to me, they each said it. And they were like, they said it. All, All of us got really, really, really beautiful affirmations but I remember looking in their eyes and being like "Uh uh-huh okay (laughs) this is it felt like an ultimate read okay like I was like you will not y'all are reading me in front of all these people (laughs) and it was an ultimate read because it was very it was an accurate kind of uh blessing that I needed to kind of move forward with my life everybody it was one of those truths that everybody kind of saw on the outside that like it was always, always, always like overextending and overdoing. And perhaps there were times when I did not know if I had done enough. And actually that is the truth. Like I am an all, I, I am and will always be a recovering overdoer, overworker. And I say that in a lot of my meditations, which is why I meditate so much. Not to overdo meditation, but to <laughs> help myself come back <laughs> to the space within that saying, like, it actually cultivates a practice off of the mat for me to be able to judge and discern for myself. Is this enough? Is that too much? What's my threshold right now? And then to honor that threshold. And as we were talking about this, I was like, and if you think about it, when it comes to relating to our authentic selves in the workplace, to this idea of being able to express that which is aligned with what's at the center, at the source, knowing when we've done enough, when we've expressed enough, is central to relating to being authentic. Knowing that threshold and honoring that threshold, it is one of the most kind of, I would, you know, thinking about this talk, I, and, and like reflecting on it, it's probably one of the more consistent practices of authenticity that has been invited into my life through meditative practice. Is is, is this too much? And then being like, I'm, then I'm going to try and honor it, right? And this is work that I'll be doing for the rest of my life. So I go beyond and I come back over and over and over again. This is not something that can be perfected like we talked about last week. 
But meditation can help us. And how can meditation help us to do this? Like how has meditation helped me in my own personal life as a person who very clearly everybody knows this is like one of my struggles, right? And that is through the tenet of compassion, especially with mindfulness meditation, particularly self-compassion, because this is like an inner struggle for a lot of us, for me, at least, I'll, I'll speak for myself. So if you guys recall last week in the quote that we shared from Dr. Morgan Roberts, there was a part in that quote where she asked, who has the wiggle room? Basically, she, she was asking, who has the wiggle room to be their authentic selves? Who, and so in the context of this talk, of this practice, who has the wiggle room and perhaps how do we make the wiggle room or create or cultivate the wiggle room to express, to behave, to honor the threshold of enoughness when we begin to notice it and feel it in our bodies? Who has that space? Who feels like they have that space, right? And who actually has that space? The practice of meditation with the tenet of compassion, particularly self-compassion, we would say perhaps is one way in which we can cultivate the space, the wiggle room to be our authentic selves, especially when it comes to acting off of this inner threshold of this inner noticing of enoughness. Um, compassion is something that has come up in my, it came up in my research and I didn't even want it to when I was a PhD student. Like I wasn't looking for it and all of a sudden everybody started talking about compassion and I was like, that's not what I'm interested in. <laughs> Clearly that's not my, that's not my go-to, but there it was. And so I was really, when I had to start following the data and reading about compassion, kind of like mindfulness, I was like, I was struck by one of the definitions of compassion meaning to suffer with, to suffer with. And I, obviously there's a spectrum of suffering for each person, but suffering is a part of, of human life. And when it comes to noticing first, the threshold of enoughness that is inside and second, honoring that threshold, my experience has been, there's a great deal of suffering that can be involved in that. There's an internal tug of war that can come along with first even beginning to feel the body enough to know that it's tired, to know that it's done enough, to know that it's crossed that threshold. I have experienced that. I know that. I know that experience all too well on an embodied level. And then on another level, there can be suffering when it's like, now that I can feel in my body, because maybe, you know, I've been practicing contemplative practices for, you know, consistently for a while. Now that I'm beginning to feel and notice, what if I actually honor this and it makes me look a certain way and it's, it doesn't match the external environment that I'm in, right? What if it's different than my coworkers threshold? or this person that I want to be chosen over as threshold? What if I look like I'm not doing enough to others when I know that I've done enough internally? There's a, a real struggle with that for many people 
there's suffering involved in that. And then to act on it, right? It can feel difficult. It can feel challenging. But I can tell you that the practice of meditation, especially the practice of being with that part of myself, really looking at her, noticing her, noticing what she really needs, allowing her to be, allowing myself to be with her and to say, I, I, I know exactly what's, what's, what's coming up here. I know exactly why you feel the urge to do enough and to bypass this threshold right now. And I see you. And you do not have to keep going, right? To really be with her, it has given me so much more space and it can give us space to be gracious with ourselves, to give ourselves a little bit of room to be a human being (laughs) and then to act off of that, to honor the threshold, to remind ourselves as this blessing that Octavia and Merrill gave me that hangs up in my room back here. And even when I'm not thinking of it, something will happen. I'll get a request and I will hear it in my head and I'll be like, okay, then the answer is no. (laughs) You've done enough, right? Perhaps compassion gives us the space to remember, to be with that part of ourselves and and to remind them, rest. You have done enough. You definitely deserve to say no, to honor your threshold. It's okay. And I know it's hard. And as our friend, colleague, and teacher, Shante, shared with us last week, right? It's also an an opportunity to remind ourselves that I don't belong to anybody else but myself in the universe. That is one of the gifts that compassion can give us and offer us in a consistent practice. And so I'd love to practice that tonight. I want to share um, just a real quick story before we get into the meditation. And so in my, um, in my COVID transition, I obviously already did a lot of my work from home, but my partner went to an office every single day from like seven to seven. I mean, he was gone. And then one day he was home. And he hasn't left since. And we share an office. Like I'm sitting in the little studio space and right behind my camera is my desk and right behind my desk is his desk. Okay. And he has, um, he has a corporate job. He like has a million emails a day and a hundred thousand conference calls and phone calls and has a job that looks like what I think a job looks like right? What we have been taught by culture, a job looks like. And my job does not look like that. My job very often involves me like sitting outside and staring at the sky for giant chunks of time, which I say laughing, but in all honesty, I actually consider that part of my work because my work is creating, right? It's pulling together these stories and teachings and experiences and pieces of dreams to offer something to you guys. And so it doesn't maybe look like work, but it's, it's my work. And for the first time, I was like having these experiences at the beginning of 
are working from home together of like, oh my God, he's going to think I don't do anything. Like, I'm not pulling my weight. I'm not working as hard as he's working. This, I'm like, should I go sit at my, maybe I should write at my desk instead of outside. And I felt myself falling into this, I'm not doing enough. Because it didn't, in my mind, look like enough. Even though it was no different than what I had done the month prior and the year prior even. It was just now it was being viewed by somebody whose work was different and I got very self-conscious about it. And it was only within my own practice of connecting to, well, what, like, how do I do what I do? And I know, I know how I do what I do. It's because I sit down and I get very quiet for giant chunks of time, you know? And it was only by allowing myself to tap into the truth of, for me, for what I have decided I am doing in the world, this is what I need to do. It was only then that I could let go of this belief that maybe he thought I wasn't doing enough. And I should say, he does not. That was entirely my own perception. He does not think that and has never expressed that and has been nothing but supportive. So, um, But it's within the compassion practices that give us the grace to be firm enough to say, like, I don't have to make my work look like your work. Right? And we can do that. I, I believe that we can do that even in an office job. Right? Like, even within... I'll use his job as an example, a seven to seven in front of a computer screen type of job. Even within that job, I believe that with a sense of awareness of self and boundary and compassion and even space, there are little places where you can say like, this this is my line. This is how I'm going to work within that boundary. And so I just offer that. So we're going to practice together now. And we'll offer ourselves what it is we most need to sort of shore up our resolution. So that when we sit down tomorrow, whether we're staring at the sky or at a computer screen, we can be enough in our work. Yeah? Okay. So let's take a minute to get comfortable. However you might be seated, if you want to wiggle around a little bit, you certainly can. You can let your hands rest onto your lap. And today, just for a minute, keep your eyes open. And with your eyes open, take a nice big breath in and release out a sigh. And just do that again, inhaling nice and deep. Exhale out a sigh. And as you let your breath flow, just take a minute to see whatever's in front of you. Seeing the room that you're in and the furniture and the knickknacks, whatever's there. And whatever's right in front of you, I want you to choose just one specific thing to focus on. I had a book, a lamp, a chair, whatever it is, and just see it. And as we sit and we breathe, see if you can let your eyes soften a little bit. And rather than focusing on the thing in front of you, 
I want you to focus on the space between you and that thing. And let your vision broaden so that you're taking in not all the things in the room, but all the space around you. And as you feel that space, when you're ready, you can let your eyes close. Perhaps noticing that same sense of spaciousness is available inside. Breath flows as we note that we are surrounded and filled by space. And within that spaciousness, we'll silently say to ourselves, now is my time to meditate. Now is my time to meditate. And as you feel that intention settle, you'll allow your body to let go into the cushion or chair beneath you. Letting the base of the body open up to the earth beneath it. And softening the belly. Feeling the flow of water in the belly. And relaxing through the center of the torso, perhaps feeling that spark of heat or fire, the navel. And the winds at the heart. Smoothing out and broadening across your chest and your shoulders. Relaxing along the jaw. And finding that sense of space inside the mouth. Feeling a softness across your eyes, 
across your forehead. Feeling a sense of space between your right ear and your left ear. And into this vast spaciousness that we all possess. We feel our breath flow. Easy and unrestricted. Perhaps the pulse of breath reminds you of your own boundaries. Feeling the limit of the inhale and the limit of the exhale just as naturally as you do your own physical body. As we sit and we breathe, we invoke just a hint of warmth towards ourselves. A generosity of spirit or grace. And if it feels right, perhaps silently to yourself, you'll repeat these phrases, letting them settle and fill all the spaces inside. When you're ready, you'll silently say, As a child of the universe, I am already enough. I belong to myself. I know when I've done enough. I trust myself. 
as a child of the universe, I am already enough. I belong to myself. I know when I've done enough. I trust myself. As a child of the universe, I am already enough. I belong to myself. I know when I've done enough. And I trust myself. We'll keep going with these phrases. Feeling free to modify if you need. Not getting too hung up on the words or the order. I am already enough. I belong to myself. I know when I've done enough and I trust myself. Keep going here.
as a child of the universe, I am already enough. I belong to myself. I know when I've done enough. I trust myself. Feeling through that interior space. Not where muscle and bone and organ is, but all the space between and around. Likewise, sensing the space surrounding you. Noting this interior and exterior space as wiggle room. And feel your breath pressing up against the edges of that space. The limit of inhale and exhale reminding us of our own wise boundaries. When we've taken in enough, when we've released out enough, and the balance that we have to have between the two. And lastly, we draw our palms together in front of our heart like a prayer and we rub our hands together. As we rub our hands together, we build some heat and some friction, some warmth between those palms. And when you feel that warmth, you'll stack one hand and then the other right atop your heart. Holding your hands there long enough to feel that sense of warmth transfer through fabric, through skin, through bone, right into the center of the chest. offering up that sense of compassion for yourself, that reminder that indeed you are a child of the universe and you are enough. Let's take one more deep breath together. Nice deep inhale in. Exhale out a little sigh. And when you feel ready, you can let your hands fall away. You can let your eyes blink open. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Minute. If you're enjoying these episodes, consider joining me for the recording of this podcast every Monday night during my live virtual meditation class. If you tune in for the live class, you get the bonus content that isn't included in the podcast episodes. There's always time for Q&A, and there's always the chance to connect with me personally. I would love to see your faces. And better yet, if you leave me a review of this podcast, screenshot it, email it to Meryl at MerylArnett.com. You get your first class with me for free. 
Email your review to Meryl, M-E-R-Y-L, at Meryl Arnett, M-E-R-Y-L-A-R-N-E-T-T dot com. Get your first class for free. You can find out the schedule, how to register, all of that good stuff by going to my website, MerylArnett.com. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next week.